everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Event Tech Talk Show. We are now on episode four, so well into season two. Um, my guest today is joining me all the way from overseas, all the way in Australia. Mike Day is coming to join me from One World Rental to discuss how to get, find the right global technical, how to find the right global technical event partner. Um, Mike, welcome to today's episode. How are you doing? I'm doing very well, thanks, Adam. How are you doing? I think we've I think we've already established from our conversation this morning that I probably need a coffee. Um, <laughs> need, to, need to maybe go back to bed um, for for ten minutes and and get another couple of minutes shut eye. Um, it's late for you though, right? What time is it where you are now? Quarter past seven for me. So okay. I've had. Uh, I, I definitely have had a few coffees today. You're a brave man coming on <laughs> a podcast first thing in the morning without a coffee. I, I couldn't do it. Time's irrelevant now, I think. But yeah, I think the schoolboy era was <laughs> definitely not not getting some caffeine into me and, and getting the brain cells firing. Um, I'm, I'm sure it'll be fine. Once we get into this discussion, I'm, I'm sure it'll all flow super nicely. So Mike, before we get into the serious questions and ask you all about your time in the events industry and obviously now with One World Rental, I would love to fire some quick fire questions at you if that's okay. Of course, go for it. Perfect. So Android or iOS? I deal with both, but iOS, personal oh. preference. And why is that? Is it just you just find it more intuitive or what's what's the reason for the... I, I just always have. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I know it inside and out. And we deal with uh, probably more iOS than Android. Android, I feel, gives us and me less headaches. Oh, interesting. Interesting. So mm. maybe we can come on to that later in your choice of hardware when it comes to events. Um, sure. Virtual or in person? Uh, in person. And why is in that? Person. Uh, look, virtual is great. For accessibility for everybody, it's been amazing the last two years, I think, in terms of that. Great strides have been made and so on. But I'm an in-person event man uh, for a number of reasons, and you can't be going to a music festival. Absolutely, mate. Yeah, definitely. I, I started out my career in the events industry and festivals, and that definitely right. is more exciting sometimes than conferences and exhibitions and things like that. Let's let's be honest about it. <laughs> we do with both, but yeah, personal preference in person. And uh, have you got any festivals booked this year? Is the is the festival market coming back where you are? We're right back in it. We're right awesome. back in there. Um, in Australia, in the UK, we we had a really busy summer. Mm -hmm. um, America as well. We've got some really cool festivals lined up. Um, yeah, no, the festival market is back and booming. People have missed it. Um, so yeah, we're right in the thick of it. Awesome, awesome. Next question: Coffee or cocktails? Depends what time of the day you're asking me, right? I mean, I bet you could go for a coffee right now. Espresso martini, mate. I'll just do both. <laughs> exactly. <things. laughs> yeah. Exactly that. Well, yeah, you took yeah, you took the words right out of my mouth. But I would say uh, cocktail because a coffee on the beach is a bit tricky. Yeah, that's a good point. That's actually a good point. All right, last I mean, nice coffee. But... True. Um, all right, last question before we get into the more serious conversation. This is a little bit harder. If there was one person that is no longer alive, celebrity or otherwise, that you could bring back and spend a day with, who would that person be? <sighs> Oh, there it's is a, a lot one. to choose from. That is a really tough one. Uh, Freddie Mercury. 
And why Fred? Best showman of all time. Mm. Uh, the fact that I never got the opportunity to see Queen live, just, ah, oh, it hurts. It hurts. So, yeah, Freddie Mercury. Excellent choice, mate. Have you ever been to Benidorm? This is totally related, but have you ever been to Benidorm? I have been to Benidorm. I, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. Have you been to seeing the Queen live show there? I have not. You should. If you ever return, um, and most people, once they've been once, they kind of give it a miss, don't they, Benny Dom? Um, <laughs> but if you ever return, do go and see the Queen show there. Um, I, I got introduced to the band through some some associated friends. And I've never been myself to a Queen show, but honestly, the, the atmosphere was electric. They did an amazing job. Um, it, it sounded just like, you know, watching back the kind of the videos, the films, and and, and yeah. obviously the albums and things like that. So, yeah, I think that's a great choice, Mike. Okay. Yeah, I didn't know where you were going to go with that Benadorm question. <laughs> it's a it's an eclectic um, place. There's there's plenty to offer uh, everybody in Benidorm. Um, there's a story there. I'll, I'll tell you off air of why I, why I know Benidorm. So. <laughs> um, so, choosing the right global technical event service partner. Um, I think there's many different ways that services and supply chain work in different regions, right? Um, we're finding that out ourselves, um, transitioning mm -hmm. from a UK supply chain with Event Tech Live here in London over to the States in Las Vegas. And the supply chain works totally differently. There's different standards, there's different ways of that working and things like that. This seems to be what will be a really, really important partner of companies delivering events on a global scale because they're going to want to want the same level of standard, right? The same level of service. Um, and if I was to give it an analogy, I guess it's that Starbucks kind of element. You know, if you if you see a Starbucks, right. no matter where you are, that brand already gives you a sense of what you can expect, the quality of the service, the quality of the product, um, all of that extra stuff. So this seems to be a really important part of the events industry or a growing part of the events industry. Before we get into that, can you just give us a little bit more background on like how you got started in the in the events industry, how you got started with One World Rental, what took you to Australia? If you could just give us a, a highlight reel, that'd be amazing. I sure can. Um, well, I started working with One World Rental uh, over five years ago. Um, back then we were renting out iPads. We were actually called Hire Tablets back then. And we were renting out iPads to uh, an eclectic mix of customers that ranged from students who just needed an iPad for one day to do a presentation at university, um, ranging right up to management consultancy companies that were using iPads for their, for their in-house training. And then we gradually began to reinvest back into the company, uh, started to invest in different things like badge printers, laptops, uh, Wi-Fi equipment, and so on. Um, and then we opened up in Dubai, we opened up in America, Canada, Singapore, and Australia, where I am now. And, um, and yeah, we changed the name to One World Rental, which was to essentially, as you just say, basically create a global brand whereby um, event professionals could come to us, they could rent one laptop, or a thousand laptops, uh, wherever in the world, they get the same quality of service, same quality of product. Um, they know how we work, and mm. uh, and we know how they work. 
And from my understanding, part of a big part of One World Rental is actually now supporting other suppliers within the sector with their requirements. So service support, logistics, things like that. So some well-brand names that we know, like CVM, um, SpotMe. There's, there's, I know there's a raft of companies that you. So your your business or One World Rental is kind of both sides, right? It's the it's the event organizer, it's the buyer, but it's also the technology partner that may be delivering on-site registration or other services for that event, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, we, we store equipment around the world for some of our partners. Um, we provide on-site staff, virtual staff that we've seen a massive uh, increase in, to no surprise there, um, for the last two years. And that will, that will, that will continue, we imagine, right, um, for all hybrid events. So, so yeah, I mean, as, as companies obviously expand themselves into different regions, they know that One World Rental were there. Um, and whether they expand or not, you never know where the events industry is going to take you, right? I mean, we've done events in Panama, um, Tanzania, uh, Papua New Guinea, um, literally all over the place, all over the place. And and the services that we provided at those locations range from just a staffer turning up on site with some Wi-Fi equipment um, all the way up to about a thousand iPads being used in, in unison um, with with check-in staff and so on, basically all the bells and whistles that you'd expect at a, a large conference. So, yeah, I mean, it really does range. And hopefully, you know, now that COVID is uh, beginning to diminish, fingers crossed, touch wood and all the rest of it, um, we can start to expand again. And I'm sure a lot of the people watching this and um, a lot of the fans of Event Tech Live are going to be doing the same and looking to expand. So, so yeah, we're, we're basically trying to align ourselves with the industry and what the industry expects from us. How do you how do you keep up with demand? Because I guess when it comes to technology, um, some of it we can come down to personal preference, like we we touched on earlier that the Android iOS and yeah. there are other operating systems. And when it comes to manufacturers and within those manufacturers, <laughs> the specification of those, like how do you keep up with, or is it more of a consultative approach? Does somebody come to you with, hey, I've got a problem. This is my problem. I need this solution. And then you go, okay, well, based on what we've currently got or what's available, this is going to be right. the best solution for you. Uh, a bit of column A, a bit of column B. Um, okay. Depending on, on, on who it is. Sometimes people come to us with an idea. Um, they, haven't, uh, they haven't explored many other options at this stage. They've just, they just purely have an idea. This is, what we're, this is what we're going for, or this is what I've seen at another festival, or this is what I've seen at another conference. We mm -hmm. want to mimic that. Mm -hmm. um, and then we give some examples of what we have done, what we can do, and so on. And then other times, it's very much a case of this is what we want. This is exactly mm -hmm. what we need. Can you do it or not? We say yes. Um, so, I mean, no matter what happens, there's a consult there's a consultative approach uh, because we are suppliers to an industry that is very, very flexible, very changing at all times, as we all know. Um, so, so even that to that degree of service, you have to be um, you have to be quite quite flexible with what you're what, what you're offering. And what's your advice there for people that are looking um, at sourcing technology for their event? based on like the time frames in which they need to start thinking about that before the event arrives. I know, I know you're probably going to say, well, most people leave it to like last minute. It's like two weeks <laughs> out and they go like, oh, well, a thousand iPads. But like, what's your advice there? Because I guess some of it is hard to kind of judge what you might need on site and things like that. But like, is there a, is there any advice you can, you can offer there for people? 
Yeah, I mean, you hit the nail on the head there. I mean, obviously, it does happen on occasion, but nobody wants that to happen, right, where mm. you, you suddenly realise you've forgotten the technology. Um, as much research, as much information and, and that you can get as possible and then find yourself a key supplier in that region, mm. give them as much information as possible, ask them to help you source some of that information as well. Um, this is where the consultative approach comes from because at times it's a case of oh, we need we need Wi-Fi on site can you help us? Now, if we've only got a week to be able to do that, that's going to be tricky. If you tell us sort of a month before, um, we can go on site, we can do a speed test, we can do a site visit, we can get involved. If it's a venue, we can call up the venue, we can try and establish, are you going to let us have access to your network that is going to allow us to basically do create a service that is going to be a lot cheaper, a lot easier to do than that mm -hmm. of creating a whole new network via satellite. Um, but not just Wi-Fi, you know, any any scenario, as, as far in advance as possible. I mean, a lot of our, to be honest, a lot of our partners know way in advance, and they're they're, they're awesome. Um, it does it does happen on occasion, I guess, where people have a last minute request. Um, but that's all right. This is another reason why we have different offices in different regions as well, so that we do have a very quick turnaround, um, just in case we are sprung on last minute. I'd love to dig into that Wi-Fi conversation a little bit more with you because this is becoming <laughs> an ever-increasing more problematic but costly or, or a larger portion of the budget for most event organisers, right? They're either relying heavily on the trust of the venue that they're working with in order to say, hey, yes, we've got good connectivity and mm. what is good ranges doesn't it quite broadly in terms of opinion um there's obviously an increasing demand from both let's say exhibitors sponsors attendees multiple devices wanting to now work from events as part of their working from home strategy so they need to be able to get onto emails and onto asana and slack and things like that but at the same time you know working in let's say a um a traditional exhibition center a, con a, a connection for either the organizer or even an exhibitor can be upwards of three and a half thousand pounds. Um, mm. and, and I'm sure we've all heard of, of, of figures that are, that are much more than that. Like how does, how can one world rental work on that, on that Wi-Fi and connectivity side? Cause I know you have things like Wi-Fi in a box. So does, can that work in traditional venues? Like how can you, how can organizers or suppliers work with you to kind of make that really cost effective? Yeah, we have different products, different um, line items that we're able to facilitate certain demands. Um, so we have Wi-Fi in a box. It's basically a portable, um, a portable Pelican case or um, or a hard case, and, uh, and and inside that is is everything that you need to basically be able to create a privatized network so that you're able to to, to run an exhibition or even just a check-in area. Um, I mean, my advice is always to speak to the venue. I know that sounds like the first thing that you should do but honestly speak to the venue let them know very very clearly what it is that you need and where you're going to need it most venues are, are are brilliant and they do communicate really effectively and say look realistically you're going to need something else um when we call up on our clients behalf and we speak to venues um you know they're very honest with us uh 95 of the time and say look you're going to need a little bit of extra a little bit of extra oomph um and then from there, with a consultative approach, we can determine what product lines are best for you. Uh, and uh, and not just that, but we're able to talk through how to set that up on site. Or as I just alluded to earlier, we can send somebody there on site and actually set that up for our clients. Do you think, do you think like as 5G and other connectivity technologies are adopted more, 
widely by the, the consumer, the, the attendee, do you think there'll be less of a need for kind of on-site attendee Wi-Fi? Or do you think actually, you know, actually technology will outstrip demand and people bring more devices and expect connectivity? What's, what's your honest opinion there? What, what do you think the future holds? I honestly believe that regardless of 5G or whatever, whatever's in store, uh, the demand is going to be there. Um, mm. If anything, people are bringing more devices on site than ever before, um, and they all require they all require internet, and they all require faster internet. Um, because if you're doing things like video streaming, when you're doing webcasting, that that sucks up so much, uh, and you need to you, you need to have high quality, high speed internet in order to to make those bulletproof. Yeah. What are some of the other trends that you're seeing when it comes to technology use at events? Is there particular areas of hardware or technology that you're seeing more demanding? Are there things that you... Oh, I'll, I'll stop there because I'll, I'll save that next part for another question. But yeah, are you, are you seeing like trends within the market? Yeah, definitely. Um, actually, I think uh, I think on a previous um, a previous episode of yours, you, you had a, a few... Um, uh, a few professionals there talking about virtual reality. Virtual reality, we are definitely seeing an uptake in. Um, we've invested a, a lot into virtual reality headsets. Um, and those virtual reality headsets are being used for things like marketing. They're being used for training. They're being used for gaming purposes. They're actually being used for conferences for the um, for the gaming elements of, of, of certain uh, software companies' um, conference apps. So, so yeah, virtual reality. I mean, I don't believe that that's going to go anywhere. I mean, we've seen, I think you were talking about it as well, how Facebook's obviously changed their name to Meta. They're investing heavily in the Metaverse. Um, and I personally, from what, from what we can see, I mean, they're flying out the door. So we are investing a lot into virtual reality headsets. And yeah, I think that is going to be a growing trend. Um, and and the, the the different uses of virtual reality, I don't think we've we've scratched the surface just yet on what they can do. Um, I've had to play around myself with virtual reality headsets just to see see what it can do, and the possibilities are endless. And I mean, some of the things that some of our partners have been doing with virtual reality, with um, with with augmented reality, and with their own software is. It is incredible. It is tremendous, and um, and yeah, I, I think the the innovation to do with virtual reality is gonna is gonna blow up, especially once once live events are back as well, when everybody gets to touch and feel the headsets and so on. It's gonna be really interesting. Yeah, I have to agree. We I had um, a, a, an episode that's yet to be released. Um, the one before this, we were talking about augmented reality, and I think wow. what's really interesting about that technology and. And virtual reality, from from my perspective, is the creativity you can you can you can use it for. Um, exactly, even yeah. around things like trade show activations, booths, and stuff like that. If you've got a virtual oh, yeah. reality experience, then you're you're ultimately creating more um, space for you to be able to showcase that, rather than having to book ever increasing bigger stands and things like that. Which I'm sure is not. You know, music to everybody's ears when it comes to maybe being a trade show exhibition organizer because it's all about square footage. But certainly, from value from a from an exhibitor and being able to have a presence and then create an environment in which you can do lots more. I think you know there's some really interesting examples out there from some of the airlines like Boeing, Rolls Royce, and things like that that have created these yeah. experiences that they just wouldn't logistically be able to bring into a show or to an event to give that that same experience. Um, and then no, exactly yeah 
and then it's technology. I mean, you, you'd get more you get more exhibitors in there as well because, as you say, you don't need you don't necessarily need a massive stand to be able to show it. So, I mean, you know, where where where, where technology comes along, there's always opportunity as well. Um, and I mean, you 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 mentioned it there, and I I, I saw it myself with a um, with a travel company. You put on the headset, and you were actually in in a in a in, in a villa in Greece, and it was it was incredible. So rather than looking at a flyer. You know, you are you are actually at a place that you could book. Um, so all all of these things, all these growing trends, are going to become really really cool. Do you think it will replace physical events? Ooh, no. <laughs> and I'm not just saying that, but I I mean I I think um, I mean maybe it's just because the technology isn't quite there yet. Who knows? Uh, but I, I still think there's always an appetite for for live events. I mean, we 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 mentioned it previously. Virtual re- um, virtual events are, have have come a very long way, especially in the last two years, for obvious reasons. Um, and and you know the accessibility and the fact that more people get to access things like a music festival that wouldn't necessarily be able to go to a music festival. All of that stuff's incredible. All of that stuff's tremendous. Um, but there is still a, a large portion of people that want to go to a music festival. They want to get rained on. They want to feel the mud in their shoes and in between their toes and so on. Um, not me personally, but a lot of people do. <laughs> uh, and yeah, from a virtual reality standpoint, maybe maybe in a, a, a long time. But I mean. You know, I think there's still a huge appetite for people to go on an event to physically meet somebody. Um, yeah, I mean, hybrid events, right? There's going to be some people wanting one thing and some people want another. And if, if there's a thing that the event industry can take from the last two years, it's it's a way to unify both of those wants and needs and create a product that, that, uh, that everybody loves. Absolutely. I think the greatest example I have of why physical events will stick around forever is Glastonbury. Glastonbury, you can now look at every single stage on BBC. You can watch any artist at any time. It's all on demand. Right. It still sells out within an instant, right? Like people just exactly. want that visceral experience of going to that festival and, and, and like you say, maybe not sleeping for three days and getting muddy <laughs> and eating the dodgy burger from the van that, at one o'clock in the morning and stuff. Um, <laughs> I, I think it'll be, a, I think it will be a, I think it will be a gateway, actually, to more people coming to physical events because ultimately they'll have right, experience. Exactly. Um, and even more so, huh. if working from home is is a more and ever growing thing, events will be the escape. Events yeah, will be the thing that takes yeah. you away from home and things like that. So yeah, yeah, and, and we work with a lot of sporting uh, at a lot of sporting events as well. Um, I love my sports. Uh, I love watching football. Watching football um, on TV is one experience. Going to the football is a completely different experience. And even if I was given a virtual reality headset to be there and watching uh, my football team play or my rugby team play or whatever it is, it, it just doesn't take away from going into the stadium and hugging a complete stranger when my team scores a goal. It just nothing replaces that. It doesn't matter how good the headset is, I'm afraid. And look, I'm, I'm a hardware supplier, but I'm telling everybody it's better to go to the game. Are there any other any other technologies that you think will start to play a, a more major role when it comes to the way that we kind of design and deliver events? Is there anything else outside of, of, of VR that you're, you're seeing coming into the market? Um, I mean, there's, there's the return, I suppose, of things like iPads. Um, mm-hmm. You know, again, when we're when we're talking about going to on-site events, there there's probably going to be 
a bit of an upsurge, a, re, a, a reinvention of having applications pre-installed onto iPads um, that people can then, you know, use as if it's their own device, for example. Um, the last two years, again, everybody's been working remotely and not really having that interactivity. Mm -hmm. uh, but having been given a device when you go to a conference and being able to get physically involved within somebody else's you know, application um, and all of the cool things that, uh, that some of your listeners probably know full well. Um, I think that that what well, we've already seen quite a lot of, uh, of people getting back in touch for those types of those types of events. It must be quite challenging as a hardware supplier to constantly keep up with how fast the technology is advancing, right? Um, like, I'm already, I've, I've got the iPhone 12 in front of me, and the iPhone 13 is back out. We're on, the, we're on the verge of the iPhone 14. <laughs> like, how do, you, how do you guys, like, manage that? How do you decide what to invest in, which would be the right things for the, for the events industry on, on the event side of things? Uh, to be honest, it's uh, it's a headache. <laughs> As you say, I mean, the, the iPhone 14 is probably knocking on the door and wanting to come out mm. quite soon. Um, but uh, I think as long as we, I mean, we, con we constantly reinvest in, in new stock, we constantly are uh, buying and selling new equipment. Um, so we're, we're always offering the, the very latest and premium products because that's what our clients expect. And that's what our clients' clients expect. You know, if we're giving them an iPad at a um, at an event, they don't want one of the old iPads that are unfortunately now being used as doorstops. Uh, they want the fresh, the fresh new iPads. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it is a headache, but it's exciting as well. Uh, you know, coming from where we came from as an iPad rental company and now we're dealing with, you know, the latest virtual reality headsets, you know, it's, it's what we enjoy doing. That's why we get into it. We enjoy the new technology. We, we enjoy learning about our um, software partners, software and the way that it works, the way that it, the way that people interact with it. Um, so yeah, it, it has its obvious headaches at times, but equally that's, that's why we're in the game. Let me ask you a very, I guess it might be a blunt question, but I'm sure it's one that's on people's people's head. Why, why hire out from One World Rental versus buying and selling or holding stock for the next event? Like, what's what's your honest opinion there? Um, I mean, there's there are a lot of reasons. I mean, I could go down the green route and say that that isn't very environmentally friendly. Um, but and, and that is a genuine reason for a, for a lot of companies. But realistically, uh, there are companies that could do it. They 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 honestly could, but they don't want to. Um, yeah. It's <laughs> take it from somebody who knows. It's a headache. Moving equipment around is a headache. Updating equipment when you're talking about thousands of iPads and laptops and virtual reality headset and uh, 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 badge printers and all of these things, it, it is a headache. Um, it's uh, it's a lot of work. We have a very very talented operations team. We have very very talented technical teams all around the world, and um, and they work full time on it. So some of the companies that we work for could absolutely do it. There's no mm. doubt. Financially, they could afford it, but they don't want to. They want to focus on what it is that they do and what they do well. They don't necessarily need to have uh, a whole department dedicated to the movement of their equipment, which is why we actually manage other people's equipment now as well and logistically move it around the world because they don't want to. And uh, yeah, as I say, it, it is a headache. I'm going to hazard a guess that you probably supply hardware to companies for events that already produce that hardware. I'm just going to, I'm just going to, 
have a hazard as a guest there because of that, that <laughs> fact that it, it, it's it's our kit it's our equipment we we have this on a, on a shelf somewhere but actually for us to manage that delivery setup on-site experience the service the support and all that kind of stuff that's not the focus for them right am i am i am i right in that is there examples of i don't want you to name anybody i know that, be, <laughs> that be a bit unfair, but... no that's all right uh no i mean you are you are right you you are right i mean so we again we look peeling off what, what i said earlier on we still um rent an ipad or a laptop to the student whose laptop is broken and needs to finish their dissertation we still do that mm-hmm. um and then we do go all the way up to 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 clients as you say who could do it who do own their own equipment uh, but just don't want to and um you know that that's a cost in factor that's uh that's a logistics factor there's there's a lot of different factors to take into consideration so yeah, there's a there's a there's a definite range there when you're working on this side of the events industry, um, and it's really interesting to see the different ends of that spectrum. And what about the you mentioned? You've already touched on it a little bit more of the the supplying the service and support that you offer some of the other technology providers out there, right? There, I know some of them that they're, they're small teams and they do have hardware, but they don't necessarily, like you say, want to be taking their team and you know getting into DHL and booking a ship in and getting that sent somewhere and then having to think about somebody on site for delivery and setup and any other support. So is that a growing part of your business as event technology companies are growing? Yeah, it it really, really is. It really, really is. And and that was something that during during the pandemic we had to pivot quite heavily to because, again, Mm -hmm. we were always providing a lot of on-site stuff. Um, That ranges massively from you sort of uh, some, 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 some guys that have kind of just joined the company and just looking for a, 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 a footstep into the IT and events industry. Um, and that could be distributing equipment that could be quite literally um, handed out and, and doing some, um, some sort of basic work at an event, ranging right up to IT network engineers. So there's always, there's always an appetite for that. What we had to pivot to during the pandemic was offering that staff on a virtual basis and we're still doing that so from our Singapore office for example we've got a really really uh, awesome tech team there and they've been helping some of our clients when they are running events for uh, companies in China and the Philippines and we've been doing and Japan and we've been doing that throughout the the entire pandemic and I don't think that's going to stop at all and I don't think it's going to stop us from providing on-site staff as well Um, because we just handle at times the hardware element and as we just discussed, then uh, it's sometimes because our clients don't want to. Other times we are quite an integ- integrated um, solution to our software partners. And we actually understand and know a lot about their software. And we can actually go on site and be able to support that to the end client, the software and the hardware all in one. Um, and that's a service that we provide a lot of our partners as well. Okay, amazing. And I think one of the last questions that I've got in mind for you, Mike, is around sourcing cost event cost effective event tech solu- technology solutions no matter where you are there are probably going to be regions of the world where one world rental currently doesn't have maybe an office or a, or a setup i'm sure yeah. um from from me knowing the, the yourself and the other business owners and things like that that's probably not going to take long for for there to be a one world rental office in every corner of the of the globe that's but the plan <laughs> if they are going there um like we are at the moment we, we're, we're moving from london to event tech live like we're having to source some local suppliers and things like that what's your honest advice there how how do 
organizers and other technology providers make sure that they're getting the right level of service, the right deal is the questions that they should be asking those suppliers in order to main, make sure that happens? I mean, there's, I would say do, do as much research as possible. I know mm -hmm. that's kind of an obvious one, but truly do as much research as possible. Um, you know, take it from somebody with experience, even we've been burnt at times. And that's why we tend to, to, to not deal with um, like sub hire companies and so mm -hmm. on. We do try and keep it as much in house as, as we can. Um, that's not always possible. Uh, and we do partner with some great, great, great companies. Um, but when we're moving equipment into, into different regions, we tend to partner with people that we know very, very well, uh, or we try and do it ourselves. Um, and, and that's how we know that we're going to, we're going to, um, we're going to have hundred percent perfection every single time. So yeah, I mean, do as much research as you can. I'm sure you've encountered a few logistic issues, uh, in Las Vegas as an example, or wherever it is. Um, just because that's just, it's a new market and it's difficult to do these things sometimes but um but yeah for sure do your research as much as you can amazing mike and for anybody that's watching listening back to this podcast they want to learn about more about one world rental maybe reach out to yourself like where's the best place to go how do they find you you can you can find me on LinkedIn. Um, my name is Mike Day. You can also email me at mike.day at oneworldrental.com or check out our website uh, and check out the region that we're operating in. Um, I know that you have listeners all over the world. So find the region that's appropriate to you and reach out to one of our friendly staff staff. Amazing. Thank you very much for coming on today. I know you've you've stayed up late to, to make it for this episode. Do, for, if, you right. are, <laughs> if you are listening to this episode, um, One World Rental, this isn't an advert for One World Rental. This was a genuine kind of reach out <laughs> to, the, to the team um, based on what they're currently doing and, and where they are placed in the market. But they are, in full disclosure, they are a supplier to us, a very, very close and trusted supplier to our events. They're doing an excellent job. And I think my testimonial for One World Rental is just purely the fact of it's the people. It's the people within the company that make the difference because they have just how they are event people. They understand the challenges, the pain points and everything that goes in hand. And I've never had a dodgy piece of equipment or, a, or you know, a faulty cable or anything missing or anything like that. So um, they are a great suppliers. Do go and check them out. Um, if you like today's episode, please go out and share it and give it a like. That really helps people get access to the content. Um, and we'll see you in the next episode. Thank you so much. Take care.